The story of Cupid and Psyche comes to us from a novel written by Apuleius in the 2nd century called The Golden Ass. But artistic renderings of these two lovers date from at least 6 centuries earlier, when Cupid was called Eros by the Greeks. Cupid is his Latin name. Both Eros and Cupid translate to mean love. Psyche means soul, or sometimes it is translated as the breath of life. The myth, then, is the telling of the love union between God and the soul. Psyche was the youngest daughter of a king and queen, and despite being mortal, she was so beautiful, people in the kingdom began to worship her instead of Venus, who grew jealous and sent her son Cupid to deal with her. Cupid, however, fell in love and carried her away to a mansion where they made love at night in the darkness. Cupid arrived late and departed each morning before dawn, always keeping his face concealed from his lover, a woman so beautiful that love had fallen in love with her. Psyche, however, was unable to truly love Cupid or Eros in the dark. She needed to see who her lover was. So one night, disobeying Cupid's command to never look at him, she drew an oil lamp near, and when she saw how beautiful he was, she became startled and pricked herself on one of his nearby arrows, dropping the hot oil on him. In shock and anger, he fled, leaving her bereft. She began to wander, seeking succor in a variety of places before she finally realized that she must bow before her rival, Venus, who then enslaves her and has two handmaidens named Worry and Sadness whip and torture her. Meanwhile, Cupid is sequestered in his mother's house trying to recover from his own wounds from the spilled oil, which never really heal and leave him with a scar. At this point in the story, it seems the union between God and the soul is truly unpleasant. The darkness, the wounding, the desperation, the loneliness. And then Venus puts Psyche through a series of tests that would have been impossible if so many others had not come to her aid. But they did. All around her, the animals and the other gods saw the desire Cupid and Psyche had for one another and conspired to bring them together. In the end, Cupid heals and escapes. He appeals to Jupiter for help who blesses their union and gives Psyche ambrosia, which grants her immortality and allows her to join the pantheon of gods. Love of God, it would seem, is not without its trials, its sufferings, its loneliness, its tortures. Perhaps this is not an uncommon theme, but this myth also shares how much God suffers as well. In a cultural context where the monotheistic God is understood to be omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, and omnipotent, all-powerful, how refreshing to experience God as stumbling through the relationship with us as well, experiencing frustrations and hurts, but ultimately willing to go to great lengths to be with us. The tension of the desire we feel is confusing 
because it seems to confront the image of God so many of us have been raised with. The omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God has no real use for us, other than as something to care for, or to perpetually rescue from our propensity for getting into trouble. It is the affection a father feels for a child, not the desire lovers have for one another. For many people in our culture, the concept of a divine love affair is so bizarre-sounding it feels inappropriate even to talk about it. In many ways, it is safer to think of God as a father who could never hate his children, regardless of how many times we mess up, than to experience God as a relationship that we have to nurture the way we might with someone we're attracted to. In our relationships with other humans, we try to keep in shape, we try to look cute, we wear makeup or not depending upon the type of person we're attracted to, we cut our hair or we don't depending on the type of person we're attracted to, we try to be funny or gracious or famous or rich because we believe these are things that will seduce the humans we want to attract. But rarely do we think about trying to seduce God, to entice the divine, to charm the sacred. Maybe we should. We have all been turned over to the handmaidens of Venus at some point in our lives. We have all been whipped by worry and sadness while our divine lover lay hidden in an upstairs room, wounded by some of our actions. The story has lasted thousands of years sometimes lost for generations only to be revived again, because the truth of the myth shines through, regardless of the culture that dominates at that time. The image of Cupid I grew up with was of an impish cherub with a bow and arrow who caused his targets to lose their minds and become passionately drawn to one another. But depicting Cupid as a child removes him from the realm of attraction, the realm of allurement and we have lost Psyche as a lover also. Why are we so turned off by the idea of God desiring us? Psyche, our soul, possesses a beauty so beautiful, Cupid disobeyed his mother, risking punishment and suffering in order to be with us. Perhaps this should become part of our spiritual reflection. There is something so incredibly beautiful about your soul. Something that draws others in, that draws God to you. What is it? What is it that God desires in you? I think it is not enough for us to just try to be good. I think there needs to be some seduction in our spiritual discipline as well. It is important to show God that we are interested in being desired. Just as we might put on that good perfume, or that shirt that goes so well with our eyes for the humans we're attracted to, we should also think about putting on display the parts of ourselves that will draw the God of our desire to us. Prayer doesn't have to be about stripping away. It can also be about beckoning can also be sweet, like honey. What does Psyche, what does your soul have to cause love to fall in love? Find this, and you won't have to chase God. 
God will chase you. Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com slash meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one, send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. What is it like to be desired by God? What lets you feel this desire? What stands in the way? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel this path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.